Today, we're exploring what it feels like to have an increasingly narrow range of options. Now, dressmaker Paul Valdez, he's made a lot of dresses in his life, but there is one dress he can never forget. It was my grandmother that asked me to wear this dress, this creation. She said, when my funeral comes, I want you in head to toe, all in black. She said, I can see you standing there. And I said, Grandma, of course I will. It was sort of a secret between me and her. We used to go for little car rides and different things, and she would talk to me about it. She was more like my mother because I spent practically every waking moment with her My grandmother taught me how to sew. It was years and years of me witnessing what she did, her explaining. So I was really an apprentice to her. She only told me the story twice. Um, It disturbed her greatly. And so she was about marriageable age when when she apprenticed for this dressmaker that was in the town. He was a costeria, but he was a man. Uh, and a costaria is uh, is a seamstress. And my grandmother always said that he that he was gay, and that he had a lover in town. But in in those times in the twenties, it was illegal. And she uh, worked for him for quite a while. And one day she went in and she noticed that there were a lot of people gathered around the front of of his store shop. She saw him impaled on a pitchfork. They broke into his house and impaled him and left him in front of his dress shop to die. I think when my grandmother saw that man killed, she made up her mind that she was never going to be that person. She was never going to exclude people from her, from her world. And because of that, she was constantly obsessed by the worry of somebody killing me. But later on, I would become a a female impersonator, a drag queen. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming. And we started making dresses together for my drag shows. As grandma got older, she got more and more ill. And, you know, it was time for me to fulfill that promise. You know, it was time for me to go to the fabric store and do one of the hardest fabric choices of my life. I felt extraordinarily guilty the whole time I was making this outfit. I knew what it was for. I knew that I had to finish it and I didn't want to. So I tried everything not to finish it. But every garment, they call out to you, you know, and I found myself working on it. It had a high collar that went up to the top of my neck, an old world European shirt. It was buttoned up the front, ruffle trim, black netting, bell sleeves, a love knot, a side bustle, sequins and beads everywhere, black flowers with black sequins on them, all the way down to the floor, and it trailed right behind me. And I hung it on the closet door, and I made myself look at it every day. And I said, one of these days, that dress is not going to be there anymore. You're just going to have to get over it. 
of course, it's, it's, it's those old superstitious things that you think that, you know, am I causing her to die early? Am I telling the universe that I want my grandmother to die? But I, I knew back in the back of my mind that she wasn't going to get through it. I got to hold her as she was taking her last breath. I closed her eyes, laid her back in. I didn't leave her. And then we brought her mortal remains from Española to Santa Fe where she was going to have her mass at the cathedral. There was this moment where my mother said, are you ready? Are you ready to put it on? And I said, yeah, mom, I'm ready. And she said, okay, well, once you put it on, you can't take it off. And I said, okay, mom. My hair was braided, and then I put black roses all over it. My mother and my father put the veil over my face. The doors swung open, and there's this beautiful sort of light coming in. And I started walking down the aisle of the cathedral. I'm under my veil, and I can see all these people looking at some of these dirty looks. There was parts of me that were very worried because I was afraid that, that somebody in the audience was going to say, I don't know. I was faint. I could hear my heart beating in my throat. I was sweating. It was it was not an easy walk. That was that was a a thousand miles. I don't think I have ever stood up as straight and as tall to walk down that aisle to get to that altar. It was one of the most self-defining moments of my life. Right before the uh, exchanging of peace, the father comes down from the pulpit and then he greets the family individually and gives them hugs. And I went to go hug the father and he put his hand at my chest as I went to go hug him and he pushed me from my chest. It was like he had to get away from me. He couldn't get away from me fast enough. And I knew why he pushed me away. He couldn't possibly have, excuse my language, you know, uh, a, a queer touching him, a fag touching him. You know, what would that do to his reputation? But the way you feel about somebody else should be suspended, especially when they're in mourning and in grief. Um, there, there are rules to it. Everybody knows not to treat somebody that way when they're mourning. Can't being queer, being whatever you are, eccentric, different, be postponed for one second to give you a little bit of what my grandmother would call consejo, passion. It bothered me because that one moment tainted so much. You know, it couldn't taint the love that I had between my grandmother and I. And I've thought long and hard about saying to him, you know, you pushed me off and I don't really appreciate that. And I have to forgive him, but I'm really not quite there. I don't go to Mass every Sunday. In fact, I, I, I rarely do anymore because what's really amazing is that Performing in drag has fulfilled that relationship with God for me. 
because we even we even rehearse on Sundays. So it's perfect. It's like our potluck, you know, let's, you know, meeting with Jesus and doing a touch of drag. <laughs> so, you know, and it may sound very alien to a lot of people that are listening, um, but you find God in all kinds of things. And you can find it in drag. You can find it in gardening. You can find it in... Um, cutting a piece of fabric that's where God hides thank you Paul for sharing your story with the snap we're happy to say that Paul is still making dresses for his performances with the Jewel Box Cabaret in Santa Fe New Mexico and he'll be competing in the International Gay Rodeo this August rooting for you, Paul. The original score was by Renzo Gorio. The story was produced by Jasmine Aguilera. <laughs>